Hey, uh, hey, Anthony, do you like do you like my new shirt? Sure, man. It's cool. Could have been better. What was that? I said it could have been better. You want to fight about yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Let's go, chump. Ah! Hold on a second. We don't need to fight. We don't? All you need to do is go to 86.com and choose from one of their many designs. Franchises range from Skullgirls to Street Fighter and even Blaze Blue. And if you check out 86 through this Twitch channel, use 86.com slash question mark AFF equals four to let them know that Mission Star Podcast sent you. There we go. And there we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mission Star Podcast. We are back with another week of gaming news. Um, and uh, with me, as always, as we go around the table here, we're going to start with the man, the, the, the myth, the person who's been addicted to WoW, Alex. Yo, what's up? Fuck y'all. I'm playing still. <laughs> he's been he's been knee deep in that uh in that um that wow lore that wow uh world it's more it's more like hip deep i'm at level 43 at this point so yeah gotcha and also joining me as always we have no other than greg deets you know, one of the greatest things about Oops, hang getting... on one second, sorry. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, I was make a joke. No, I had the other video from which you recorded to me last week, so like your face, your your face, and your other video face came up. So all right, so yeah, here you go. Here's Greg Deeds. <laughs> all right, I was gonna make a joke about anxiety and being older, but Anthony ruined that. <laughs> yeah, my fault. Um, no, I, I I was gonna say that I've always had anxiety, like I've always had that like problem, but like over the past year, I started actually having full on anxiety attacks, and I'm like, why? What? Why? I don't understand. Most, mostly because Anthony forgets how he's fucking put everything together. I think that I might mean, be it. You're not wrong. Which is weird, Alex, because as often as you and I don't agree, and I know that nine times out of ten we might like have a argument on this podcast, you are far from a source of my anxiety. So I don't get it. I don't get why this happens. But it's a thing. I, I, I think it's my, I think it's me. It, I think it's my it's fault. Be, it's it's because I know how to argue with people without actually being, you know pain in the ass i mean outside of the fact that i'm not caving to your idea (laughs) (laughs) um i think it's also you respect my idea that i think that has a lot to do with it too respect's a really really strong word all right alex (laughs) (laughs) damn (laughs) i is one word away from fuck you alex the fucking right um but yeah we're back again there's some stuff that happened in the past week and we're here to talk about it um, so with that, let's just uh, get into it. So I kind of been meaning to make this mini rant, but also I was talking to my brother about this. Uh, actually, it might have been today, yes, or yesterday. But 
Uh, Tokyo Game Show just happened. It ended by the time you see this video. It has happened. It had already happened this past weekend. Um, this particular topic I want to talk about is Death Stranding, and this is off of GameSpot.com. Death Stranding's new gameplay demo explores the safe house, shows customization, and more. Uh, this is written written by um, Tamar Hassan. Tokyo Game Show 2019 is in, is now in full swing. A number of games are being shown at the event, and among them is Death Stranding. Over the course of the show, game director Hideo Kojima will appear on three streams to showcase the, uh, gameplay from Death Stranding. The first provided one insight into more the Death Stranding's open-world gameplay, which involves navigating mountains, terrain to deliver goods, and even sneaking through bases, which will be which will uh, be a welcome treat for fans of Kojima's Metal Gear Solid titles. The second Death Stranding demo, meanwhile, focused on the safe house, a private area of sorts where players will spend time between in between missions. As shown in a demo in this area, you're you don't play actually sorry, you don't actually play as Norman Reedus character Sam Portal Bridges. Instead, you play as a soul that commands his actions. The player has free reign over the camera and Sam will react to the to your movements. During the presentation, Kojima compared it to a Bashojo game which is about interacting with the character on screen. In the demo, Sam was pointing at where he wants to go, such as the shower because he was covered in dirt or the storage area where weapons are kept where he can stock up and inspect his tools. So the reason why I brought this up is that I think Death Stranding is not the game that people are expecting, and I think what's being shown is what it is what it is. For I would say ten years, maybe more so than that, Kojima has been making Metal Gear Solid games for a very long time, all based on combat, espionage, um, and much more of that spy uh, influence, uh, like the, uh, like 007 uh, and, and that ilk. And for so long, for for game for game series that he's been working on on the Metal Gear Solid series, to him to go from very action oriented type of game to a much more exploration, much more of a opposite of what Metal Gear is into Death Stranding, I think it's throwing a lot of people off. And I've seen a lot of people criticize the game because it's not that, and the fact that because it's not that and not exactly what they're thinking of they get angry and they're like saying like what the fuck kojima um and so i think you know after talking to my brother about it and kind of looking up information about the game more so i think that this is exactly what it is i think that in the end i think kojima is making a far different game than what he did in Metal gear uh, uh, series if you look back and further than that he made other games of a different type um in the games he made, uh, Zone of the Enders, a, a, a mech anime ass battle. Zone uh, of the Enders was amazing, by the way. If you've never played it, go fucking play it. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just want to clarify something real quick because I, I'm sure this is what you're getting at, Anthony. But if you are the type of person who has played Kojima's games in the past and knows kind of how weird his mind works, and then to further that, says oh this game isn't like what his other games are so fuck that noise have completely missed the point of him not having a leash anymore exactly i it was funny i, I ran across a tweet uh that i i guess didn't really clarify or it didn't occur to me when i was uh until until then when i read it but the tweet read that everybody's upset and critical of this game because it's not like 
Metal Gear. It's not like action oriented. And that for everybody else who was into Animal Crossing, who was into uh, No Man's Sky, like are extremely hype about this game. Um, and from that aspect, it's like, you know what? You're right. This is probably a game that is maybe it's not for me. At first, I thought it was. And it's still going to have that weird storytelling that Kojima is going to have, especially if you've seen the trailers of the fuck is BBs, VTs, BTs, where the hell that uh, <laughs> they're trying to explain in the story. It's still going to have that weirdness of Kojima has, but it's going to be it's going to be surrounded by the gameplay of you just walking from the east coast to the west coast uh, traversing through terrains using ladders to go through multiple terrains up cliffs delivering packages to people like i think i think that is going to be the game and i think that people need to realize that kojima is an artist every game he has made is completely different hell look at middle gear solid or look at the middle gear series Every game in that Metal Gear series, while there is tonally is still mechanically the same, each has a different aesthetic to it. Metal Gear Solid 3, very different than Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, MGS1, very different from MGS2. Let's not forget, MGS2, he did the whole entire trick of you thought you were playing a snake, but then five, like five minutes, ten minutes afterwards, you actually played as Raiden the entire way through. So I would I would like to point out also with his past games, there's one word that all of his games kind of uh, imbue uh, when it comes to story, I should say, and that's the word convoluted. That is very true. He puts his stories so far up his ass that like it's, it's not what I was trying to say, but I guess that works. Yeah, yeah. that's essentially what it is. Yeah, yes, essentially, and it's. At the same time, it's like, what the fuck, Jima? At the same time, I fucking love it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, like, I was like, there was a conversation that I was having with Half Empty Energy Saint group where, like, it was in Discord and we were talking about Gear, uh, Metal Gear Solid because there was a video that I guess, like, this is a while ago, by the way, but um, uh, the the game theorist, uh, Matt Pat, he put out a video about, like, the world of Metal Gear Solid. I don't remember what the fucking video was, but apparently Matt Pat, I, I guess he does this from time to time, missed some some pretty important information about the world itself. And um, uh, a lot of the people who know the story really, really, really well were like pissed off that he missed this entire like aspect of one of the games that, and I'm just like, if, if this is the argument that you're having, if this is the honest, like, well, here's this really weird convoluted, if you're not paying attention sort of thing that, you know, happens in the background, um, then maybe, maybe the game's not good. Like maybe, maybe that's, that's just how it is. And, and, um, or, or maybe to an extent, like if you're enjoying the game or you're enjoying the like brief, small uh, 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 plot that the game itself imbues or has or whatever we're doing to use um, then then just like I don't know just enjoy that I just don't <sighs> you know it's funny like so I don't know what I'm trying to say I'm just I'm, <laughs> I think people are fucking being making mountains out of molehills right and, I, and, and, I, and I, it was funny so I think what a I'm gonna draw an a, 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 um, example out of here, but this is something that even I kind of argued against you, Greg. Um, remember, remember Mighty Number no. Nine when it came out? 
Yeah. Um, remember when uh, the producer of Mega Man was making a completely new game, and me and the and everybody else thought it was me another, another Mega Man game. So we made all these comparisons to other Mega Man games it could be, and then when it came out, we still did that, and we didn't kind of we didn't look at the game as it was in itself. Same situation with this. Kojima's made Metal Gear Solid for so long that everybody assumed he's going to make another Metal Gear Solid game. This on its own merits. Full stop. Full stop. Okay. I don't know if it's because I do this podcast. I don't know if it's because I, I pay attention to video games. But if your argument is. Well, he's known for Metal Gear Solid, so people are expecting Metal Gear Solid. I don't fucking play Kojima's games. I just don't. Um, I have mad respect for the guy. I think it's great that he, you know, what games he makes and people, how much people love them. Nothing against them. I just don't play his games. But I know for a fact that if you went into fucking uh, uh, a new fucking franchise of his that wasn't labeled Metal Gear Solid or Zone of Enders or fucking Silent Hill... You're not getting those games. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, you, can make, you, you can make that argument that in Mighty Number no. 9, it, he looks like fucking Mega Man. So you can make the comparisons. You cannot do that here. Fucking, this game looks nothing like Metal Gear Solid or Silent Hill or Zone of Enders. Making that comparison is downright ignorant. I think most people make the comparison though, just because, like Ian was saying, like this is what he's known for. This is when he puts out a game. This is what we expect. There's still a ton of people out there who don't realize that he put out the game Zone of Enders. I didn't realize that was him for years after I played that game until I looked it up and I'm like, wait a minute, what the fuck? Uh, it, it he goes all over the place, but. I think what it is is, like you said, people are saying, oh, well, he's making a new video game. It must be what he is known for because, let's be honest, that's what makes him the most money. And if he's got his own shop now, which he does, you would expect him to just be like, hey, I'm going to make some money and get everything up and running. Not what he's doing. He's like, no, fuck you. Fuck your ideas. Fuck your catch. It's on fire. I'm making whatever the fuck I want because fuck you. Absolutely. 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 He has total control of the project. Sony's giving him, I don't know how much to to make this because he he gets getting movie stars in his game. Okay. Let's be honest. Look who he is. He got whatever the fuck he wanted. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know how you much. Don't, don't you know. don't just be like, <laughs> you don't just be looking at him and be like, no, 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 no. You're not getting that much money. They're like, wait, so that's all you want? <laughs> he, I don't know how much they gave him, but they gave him all of it. And I'm man, it's got to be a whole lot of money for him to do what he's doing right now. Um, I'll end my, I'll end my argument with this with, with Death Stranding is that Death Stranding is going to come out in two months, and it's going to be very def- uh, divisive. Um, and and, we still don't know what it's actually fucking about. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's my it. favorite. Part. We still don't know what it's about. You know how rare it is in a fucking video game nowadays? I, yeah, well, hmm. I think... It's easy, well, yeah. I think in that regard, in that regard, Alex, it's kind of easy to go, hey, phone, hi, refresh, <laughs> mute you. Um, it's, uh, and for anyone listening, yes, that is the sound from Sho- uh, Shovel Knight. Um, uh, I think it's, I, th- I think... 
Wow, where did I? Where was I gonna go? Thanks, phone, for distracting. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm lost. I was gonna say, what was the last uh, thing? I was that. That's what I was referring off to. Last thing I said. What was the last thing I said? It doesn't fucking matter. Roll back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the point I was just gonna get at is that it's it's um it's a situation where, um, it's gonna be divisive for a Thank few you. reasons. And I think that, like, for example, something I saw on Twitter about the game, just to throw this out here of, like, some quote-unquote divisiveness, is uh, it showed that if you stare at um, main character, I can't think of the character's name or the actor for this point at this point. Oh, Sam, um, um, Norman Reedus. Yes, yeah. If you stare at his crotch long enough, he'll get up and punch you in the face. Yeah, I saw that. was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I saw a comment from somebody that works at Polygon, which was, why wasn't this implemented with, with um, uh, the girl from Metal Gear Solid 5? I can't think of her name. Oh. Oh. Uh, Silent or whatever the fuck the, her name is? Quiet. Quiet. Quiet, yeah. Yeah, I was like, why wasn't this You can tell I totally quiet? play these games. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I kind of, I looked at that and I was just like, wow. Like... You're really going back that far on that, huh? I, I think my favorite part takeaway from that is the fact that not that they're pulling back that far. It's the fact that they couldn't take the time to be like, hey, look, somebody is doing something about the sexualization of characters in uh, in video games. Instead, they went like, well, you should have done it for a female first. Who cares? It's getting done. Like, honestly. That's, that's my point. Is that, like, that's going to be where the divisiveness is. I don't think it's going to be in, like... I don't think it's going to be so much in the... Well, it's not like this other game he made. It's going to be more in why wasn't this kind of shit in X game? You know, it's... Uh, there's a really easy answer to that. He has full control. Fuck you. <laughs> he yeah, didn't yeah. have full control before. That's true. It's very true. Like, they pretty much let him do what he wanted to an extent. Yep. Yep. This is Kojima Unchained. This is this is full hundred percent Kojima. So also, I think you missed the third one, which was they actually debuted that you could play the entire thing in just story mode, where you just watch it. That is, I th <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which it, is likely how I'll play it, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can you can just sit back and watch the entire story. You can pay sixty dollars to watch the game. <laughs> or or or, and I and I attest to this, get GameFly, which is how I'm doing it. Yeah. We are not shilling for them. <laughs> unless, unless Scapefly, if you're listening, hey. You Look, know. unless you're going to sponsor us, in which case, okay, we'll show for you. But otherwise, fuck off. <laughs> I'm only shilling because I've saved literally hundreds and nope. hundreds of dollars. Don't like, care. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, people go like people have people have said to me, Alex, like, well, they don't do you can't do PC games through GameFly, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not talking about PC games. I'm a console, like stuff. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you want a PC game, go download Steam and just wait for a sale. It's coming. It's yeah, like winter. Yeah. It's like winter. It's coming. <laughs> and I would and I would argue that there's a likelihood that Epic Epic Game Store will do the same thing. I know that's, you know, fucking controversial and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, if Epic Game Store sells Borderlands for $20, I'll buy it on Epic Game Store. All right. And, and we'll, we shall... <laughs> We shall see. All right. All right, guys, and onward to our next segment in the podcast. Uh, is no other than Greg Dietz going to give us his spiel on this week's 
news or what he brings to the table. Um, so over the past, God, year, give or take, there have been how many controversies would you guys say involving over uh, uh, Borderlands Three? Uh, a good number. Uh, I, I, about as about as many as there are guns in Borderlands Three. Ha ha ha! Fair enough. Um, my my issue isn't necessarily that there are controversies. What the fuck ever? Um, I personally don't care. I just want to play the goddamn game, which I have been, which we'll get to later. Um, my issue is that I was talking to my neighbor about. Because I sometimes go back there, smoke a little weed, and we talk about gaming. I mean, and you would in- never smoke weed. Oh, yeah, California? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, that's the thing. Uh, that's the thing, Alex, is now that we're not live on Twitch, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I want I to be worried about it either. You get on uh, Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, GOS can't touch us here. Ha ha. <laughs> Fuck you, Amazon! <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, one of the things he said to me, which I thought was really funny, was that um, all the critics love Borderlands 3, but all the fans hate it. And I was like, I don't know where the fuck you're seeing this. And he goes, Well, look at look at look at like uh, Metacritic or look at you know like uh, all these other websites that take all the reviews, the fan reviews. And I was like, Okay, first off, that's review bombing. Well, how do you know? Because they literally plan this shit on certain sites like Reddit. That the moment it goes live, it's it turns into like, oh well, we we need to go there and and and. Drop its Teach review. Them a lesson. Teach them a lesson. Damn lesson. you, AAA title studios. <laughs> my 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 thing here is it's less about the idea that that review bombing is a thing, and more like that people need to understand that it's a thing, and that if you're going to a certain website to look at user reviews of something that has some controversy behind it, it's going to get review bombed. Um, even if it doesn't have controversy, there's good chance. That's true. I mean, uh, like there's some things that get post review bombed, like uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. Um. I, I just I just find it so needless that there's people out there that don't know this is a thing. That I had to tell my neighbor that that it's a thing. I had to tell him like you when you go to these websites and you see a super low score like that in the user area and the number of reviews is exceedingly high compared to everything else that happens. Like yeah, that's a problem. There was nothing involving like controversy with uh um um Gears 5. And the number of user reviews for that game is like 200 250. But the number of user reviews for Borderlands 3 is like 2,000. Both are AAA title games. Clearly, there's something there. Like, clearly, if you're you're paying attention, there's something there. And I know that's the key part if you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I I find it so weird that there's people out there that don't know that review bombing is a thing or that um, would defend review bombers. That that's another like what the fuck? 
Um, I, I can see a time and place for review bombing uh, and defending it, but they are very few and far between, and it's usually when the game itself has earned that, not because of some business decision they made. Um, I would like an example on that because I don't, I can't no think Sky of Sky Launch. Say that again. No Man's Sky Launch. The game was absolutely nothing what they were pr promising. I can understand a review bomb, but at that point, I don't know if you would classify it as a review bomb because yeah, I was gonna say justifiable like backlash. <laughs> yeah, justifiable backlash to me is not a review bomb. But but you know that most of the media industry or the actual developers themselves would view it as review bombing. Fair. Um, and this is like, less towards them and more towards people who just yeah. enjoy well, things like, like us talking about it. It wasn't review bombing. Them looking at it, oh, that's uncalled for, and it's review bombing. Uh, yeah, it's that fine line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I get how frustrating it would be for Hello Games in that scenario because they were they did work on the game very hard, but you know, obviously there was a lot of bullshit involved that caused that to be a problem. Um, I don't know if you know all the like little details there, Alex, but. I don't know all of them. All I know is that I got the game expecting one thing and went, nope, fuck this, refund me. So, uh, uh, short version. Um, I can't think of the guy who who's the head of Hello Games. Sean Murray. Um, he publicly came out after the game came out and and, and said, like, look, here's here's what the problem is. I was ambitious. I promised things that we were that we did want in the game that we were working on, but unfortunately, due to the fact we made a deal with uh, Sony, we had a due date that we had to put the game out, and we couldn't meet those expectations. And uh, as a as a promise to the people who bought the game, we are working on updates to have the stuff in the game that we did promise um, for free. Like they were like absolutely one hundred percent for free. So, uh, so in other words, the dev basically came out and said, "Hey, I opened my fat mouth when I shouldn't have." Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Definitely. As long as we're all agreed on, he needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. He. I mean, he admitted it. He said, "Like, I learned my lesson. This is, you know, the first major title that I've ever had the, you know, to work on in this fashion." And I thought, you know, going out into, you know, situations like with the uh, game awards or, or other things like that, and and talk about all these things that are going to be in the game, when even the guys working on the game are like, "Shut the fuck up." God, dude, we can't do that in time. What the fuck are you doing? Shut the yeah. fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, for, for like... Uh, uh, however you feel about Borderlands, it, it, it there's no there's absolutely no point in fucking review bombing it. Because here's two things. People are going to buy it regardless. People are always going to purchase it regardless. You're not ultimately doing anything. You might stop a person from buying the game because it looks like it's hated by the fans or what the fuck ever. Um, I'm not even sure how much power review bombing really has now that we have Twitch and Mixer and all that. Right. Honestly, That's right. true. That's very true. Well, because well, honestly, like, I won't buy the game because I'm going to buy it on PC when I buy it, but I will not buy the game yet. Why won't I buy the game yet? Because I don't believe that a AAA studio should be doing a timed exclusive like they did. So... I'm voting with my wallet and saying, no, fuck off. I'm not buying your game yet. That being said, I do have buddies that have been streaming it on Twitch. And yes, I have been watching them stream it. 
and it, the game looks great. It looks like exactly what I want to play, and it's tempting as fuck to just be like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to buy it anyways," but I'm not. I'm I am going to later in the in the podcast give my impression on the game since I'm like 16 hours into it, 16, 17 hours into it. Um, it's not without its problems, but I feel not like a lot of those problems are. Uh, excusable and well, not excusable, but understandable. I, 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 I mean, wouldn't, I wouldn't really call even... it, I wouldn't go understandable either. <laughs> it's more well, like I don't know which problems we're talking about. So, well, like that, this the stuff that I'm seeing isn't a massive detriment to the game. That's the point I'm getting at. So, but we'll yeah. get there later. Um, yeah, just like this, I, I go into the whole thing of like if you're on the internet and you have internet outrage and you go like, let's review bomb a thing, let's boycott a thing, you don't have the effect that you think you have. No, you that's don't. ultimately what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, you, uh, we've seen this time and time again. We've seen people, bo- you know, quote unquote, boycott Left or Dead too because it came out way too soon or you know way too early um, because Left or Dead One was not too long ago it was uh, released. Or any other online petition or any other thing that people will come together to boycott. And it has not worked because, A, the game, said game is very popular. And B, it's going to sell a lot of copies, regardless of what okay. happens. Also, C, really, you're going to try and boycott a Valve game? Are you retarded? <laughs> like, come on, people. Really? What the fuck? Um, I think one of the ones that, uh, like, I, I, I kind of talked about this in the past. It's slightly off topic, but there's a reason I'm mentioning it. Uh, comedy has always been a, a thing for me that uh, people people don't get. And I don't mean that in the way of like, oh, you're, you're too stupid to understand the nuance of the comedy. No, what I mean is like, recently, I'll just talk about very, very recently here. Um, a, a comedian well, was hired on SNL as a writer. And um, people are pissed off because somebody scrounged up a, a, a video of him on a podcast a year ago um, saying the uh, derogatory term for Chinese people. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm saying that vaguely intentionally because if I ever get hired for SNL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're playing deep into the future here, folks. Yep. Very deep. Very deep. Like, not to laugh at you, you know, what you want to do, but we're, we're really pulling here. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing in a year. I don't know what I'm doing two years from now, so I don't well, I'm want gonna, to... I'm going to look into my crystal ball real quick and say probably not SNL. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That was part of the, <laughs> half of the joke there, but yes. Uh, but no, he, yeah, so he got hired for SNL, and people found that he said this said this joke on his, uh, on, on the podcast that he was on. Now, in context to the joke, what he was, what he was doing, what him and his friend were doing, was making fun of racist people for, <laughs> for being so ridiculously racist that they can't stand Chinese architecture for their restaurants. That oh, was the Lord, joke. That's a whole new level of racism. <laughs> right, that's, and that's why it was, that's why... It was meant to be funny. Now, did I find the joke funny? It doesn't fucking matter. It really doesn't matter if I found the joke funny. It doesn't matter if anyone found the joke funny. The point is, is it was a joke. It wasn't meant to be actually racist. And, uh, but all these people on Twitter are up in arms about it and they want him immediately fired for, uh, uh, for saying this thing. 
And um, I always go back to this idea that I remember when Dogma came out and people were protesting it in front of the theater. I remember when uh, every year that South Park has an episode or a new season. Every week that South Park has an episode, let's be honest at this point. Right, right, right. I mean, back in the day, it was more that it's a cartoon and they're saying cuss words or they're they're doing, you know, raunchy humor. And nowadays it's like, people just don't get the satire. Like, that's ultimately what that is. Um, Integrity Farms. <laughs> fucking... <laughs> uh, <laughs> But um, uh, one thing that like I that I, I learned recently that I thought was well not learned but heard recently that I thought was really interesting was um, there's a guy on Twitter named Crypt Daddy and Crypt Daddy is a he has cerebral palsy um, he's bound to to like a motorized chair and Wait, so Crip as in crippled yes I love that guy he's my new friend uh, well his story is really good so he talks about how. Um, back when he was, uh, he just got out of high school. He started his comedic Twitter career and, um, you can go find him talking about this on Twitter, by the way. So if you're just like, Greg, shut the fuck up. I want to hear it myself. Go ahead. But I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, he talks about that. He may, he, he told the joke on Twitter. Um, and the joke goes that a, a man walks past the shop and he sees a sign outside that says hand jobs, $10 burgers, $5. So he goes inside and he sees the woman behind the counter and he says, are you the woman that gives hand jobs? And she says, I sure am. And he goes, well, you better go wash your hands because I'm hankering for a burger. Um, now, when he told this joke, um, which I, I genuinely like the joke. It's um, a good joke. It's a good joke. Come it's on. a good joke. Um his uh, uh, high school like English teacher got really upset with him and emailed him and said, you need to apologize for the joke. It was in poor taste. It was in bad, uh, uh, bad spirit. Like just kind of giving him a ration of shit for making a joke. And it really pissed him off. He was and like, it it's, it's, it's none of your fucking business what jokes I make. And it, it really got to him. But then a wise person told him that everything comes back to people that justice will find its way back to people. And, um, so he kind of calmed down a little bit and, and upon making the video, he, uh, went and found the guy on, on Facebook and, uh, sure enough, uh, um, the guy has cancer now. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Get wrecked. So <laughs> God has um, spoken. He liked my joke more. <laughs> so, so in that, in the context of the story that he's telling, uh, the, the, um, the comedy there is the extreme, right? It's yep. the, it's, it's, that's where the funny lies, but people were legit pissed off at him. Even for that story. Like you shouldn't make fun of, of cancer stuff. It's like, no, you can comedy is so versatile you can make a joke about anything if you don't personally find it funny fine walk away from it let it be this is the same shit when it comes to fucking uh, like boycotting and review bombing you're not doing anything you're just causing more like attention to it that's all you're doing when you get mad at a comedian when you get mad at dave chappelle for making his jokes Guess what's happening? He's getting more views on 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 uh, Netflix. 
Yeah, when you mad at PewDiePie, hilarious. <laughs> I, st- I still need to watch it. Oh, um, it's gold. And he actually directly goes to what the point that you're making right now. He like speaks to it directly. Oh wow, okay. Cool. Uh but I'll say yeah, when you when you sit there and you go like PewDiePie is a racist on Twitter, guess what people do? They go to his fucking channel. If you want people to stop paying attention to a thing, you need to stop it. paying attention to that thing. Like, if you're really pissed off at Borderlands 3, if you're really pissed off at Gear at Gearbox and, and Randy Pitchford and 2K uh, games, what what then then why are you giving it attention? Period. I don't know why I'm doing a why you're wrong, like, right now. But... <laughs> I don't know, but apparently he fucking took it over, so whatever. <laughs> it's okay, guys. There's going to be another one later. Yeah. Yeah, there will be. Yeah, you get twofer. Anyway, this has gone on long enough. We should move on. All right. Well, you heard the man. We're going to move on to Alex's news story. So, Alex, what do you bring to the table? So, I bring my favorite thing all week. uh, GameStop closures. So, this one, uh, you can literally find this article or variations of this article everywhere. I pulled the one from Polygon. Uh, GameStop will close as many as 200 stores before the end of 2019, following another quarter of sharply declining sales and about $415.3 million loss, the company stated. That's in a quarter. In a statement yesterday, the company's chief financial officer attributed the drop in sales to trends consistent with what we have historically observed towards the end of a hardware cycle. We can all agree that's bullshit, Mm -hmm. uh, but whatever. That said, it's yet another quarter with a double-digit decline down 14.3% over the same one last year uh, for the quarter ending March 2019. GameStop reported a 13.3 sales decline, and the company's stock price plunged 40% in one day, recovering only slightly since then. James Bell, the GameStop's uh, chief financial officer, told investors that the closures will affect between 180 to 200 underperforming stores between now and the end of 2019 the company's most recent annual report listed 5830 locations worldwide with more than 4000 of them in the united states and in canada uh in yesterday's earning call bell said the vast majority uh 95% of stores were actually profitable which i mean if you only have like three high school students working yeah it's not that hard to be profitable uh, but Bell added more closures and larger numbers than today's news are expected over the next one to two years. Uh, GameStop, despite being the largest dedicated video game retailer for most of the Western world, has been in prolonged decline, broadly attributed to the rise of online sale and distribution of video games, which not only takes sales of new games out of brick-and-mortar stores, but eliminations circulation of used games, which is GameStop's longtime stock and trade. In April, Sony announced... They will, it will no longer allow retail partners to sell download codes for PlayStation 4 games, which also hurts GameStop. Uh, last month, GameStop laid off more than 100 employees and, interestingly enough, almost half of the staff of the Game Informer magazine, which they've owned since 2000. Yeah. So, this is why this is my favorite thing. GameStop is a fucking terrible company, and everybody who, sh- who supports them should feel bad. Yes. Period. 100%. Period. Like, they literally stockpile rare games and then sell them when they want to make money. Yeah. Huge, huge markups. We're talking people, like people, games at like 300% markup. It's insane. When this news broke, I saw a lot of comments that were like, 
oh, this is the death of, of physical copies of games and, and, and brick no, and mortar stores. No. I went, no, the fuck it's not. Target, Best Buy, Walmart, they all exist. Not to mention <laughs> the mom-pop shops that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. sell them as well, so... A lot of the mom-and-pop shops are, like, they have a small section of video games, but they're, like, an electronics mom-and-pop shop. But they carry a couple of brand-new releases, and that's it. That depends. Depends on which location you're going to. Well, like, I haven't seen a whole lot of, like, mom-and-pop, we only deal in video games. I can, well, good point. Good point. Okay. I was going to say, Anthony, I got to agree with him, because, like, there's a place around the corner from my house over here that does sell video games, but they only get like 20 copies of the brand new game. And then that's um, it. Yeah, and the, the 90% of what they sell is like hardware, uh, novelty shit. Like, yeah. I was, gonna, I was gonna say, like, you know, there's a bomb pop shop around the corner for me, and they sell games. Like, oh, wait, that's right. They sell DVDs and anime stuff and other They just stuff, so, so happen to have video games in there. Yeah. 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 So and you see that a lot with the mom and pops. It's them to diversifying, and I'm 100% on board with them. If you guys have a mom and pop nearby that does that, please, for the love of God, go and support them. They're a local business, and honestly, they are the heart and the soul of the video game uh, brick and mortar. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely. I mean, absolutely. But there's also, like, the other thing that I thought was really funny was uh, people completely forgetting that companies like Limited Run exist, where they're making physical copies of originally digitally on- only indie games because people want to have physical copies of things. Yep. yep. Physical copy isn't going fucking anywhere anytime soon. Uh, GameStop is. And yeah, games. So GameStop. So okay. So it is just funny because last week I, I literally brought in a fucking you know like a broad uh, financial report and shit like that. I do investments of my own. I do my own investing for my four hundred one k my IRA. And I've looked at GameStop's investments. I have a buddy who actually invested in GameStop. He's since sold at a loss. Um, but yeah, them as a company, they've been going downhill for two to three years now. They yeah. have made some really bad moves, like when they got um, Think Geek. They purchased Think Geek, brought them into the fold, and then they never did anything with them. Like they basically used them as a way to put uh, to put like apparel in their stores. Which, what the fuck? Like you don't go to GameStop to buy a shirt. Maybe you pick one up if you're there, but a lot of their stores have been slowly converting to be more and more of of like apparel content, and it's really really weird. Like yeah. I don't know if anybody's gone into a GameStop recently. I went into one um, a couple months back. I went when I was in North Carolina. I went in to pick up a copy of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, but it was weird. Like there was literally two people on duty, nobody in the store, and like. I don't know, a quarter of the store was apparel, like shirts and wallets and random-ass bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, you know, it's funny, I don't ultimately mind the novelty stuff. Um, because... I don't mind it when, until it starts taking over, like, a quarter of the of the floor space. <laughs> right, 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 like, right, 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 right. Like, um, no, I, th- I think that's, that. I'm not, I, like, to your point, Alex, like, the problem with their novelty aspect is they were becoming the fucking Spencers of video game stores. Yeah, yeah. Much. Pretty much, yeah. I was gonna and s- honestly, you can get better quality at Spencer's. I was going to say, on top of that, like, remember there was a time where they were actually like buying and selling and trading like, phones and iPads? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one near my house that still does it, but... Yeah. Um, dude, I just... Yeah, like, 
I'm sorry, but with the adage of the internet, I can order my shit online. I don't have to go to GameStop anymore. Yeah. Um, like I'm no. really fucking really excited about the uh, the um, uh, uh, amiibos for Shovel Knight. Oh yeah, out. definitely. Yes. Like, and and I'm gonna say this too. The one thing I do like about GameStop is they are pretty much one of the few places you can get used games. I don't. I do not like how they deal with the purchasing of games and then reselling them because of how little they pay and how much they charge. But I remember being a broke high schooler and going in there to pick up used games because that's literally how I could afford the games. Yep. So I, I do like the fact that there is a used game market. I wish that there was more of a used games market because honestly, I think it's really good for introducing people to video games, especially games that they're not sure they're going to like. Because you look at a new game that you're like, eh, I don't know, I don't usually like that genre, and it's 60 bucks, you're not, you're probably not going to buy it. But if you see it for like 25 30 bucks, you'd be like, eh, maybe, you know what, I'm going to take a chance and see what I think. Yeah. I, and I just, I think the fact that we are going towards an all-digital landscape has a lot of pluses, but it also has a lot of minuses, including things like this, where used games are going to kind of just fall away. They're not going to exist anymore because nobody's going to really have a digital or have a physical copy, other than you know people specifically finding them. But if you went out and bought a physical copy, you're probably not going to resell it somewhere, or there's not going to be a place to resell it because let's be honest, there's a good chance GameStop will be gone in five years. The whole monkey's paw situation. You want an all digital future? Uh, the, 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 the situation now becomes well, then more and more of the physical media for games will be obsolete. Not, I'm saying like completely. There are people out there who are uh, making sure that whatever game archival process it can hand and can, can happen um, are doing so. Um, there's a group out there that's making sure that, you know, oh, yeah. Archive. They're always trying to. They're always trying to rescue old games too that are going to vanish because there's only like eight copies left in existence. Absolutely. And and these are the same types of people that you know in the 80s and the 90s were working really hard on making sure to preserve, uh, um, you know, uh, certain movie reels. Yep. Um, same idea. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I like to call them gaming historians. That's what yeah. they are. Yeah. Straight up. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd agree. And, yeah, they're, no, they're um, and they're absolutely needed. Like, yes, I buy all my games digital. Yes, I don't care about having a collection. But I'm so fucking happy there are people that do give a fuck about that. Because, well, like we've stated, you never know. Like, yeah. if you have a fucking Xbox 360 or a PS3 with uh, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World on it, like, cherish that shit. Oh, yeah. I still have mines. I still have it on my 360. <laughs> yep. I, 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 I learned a little bit about something on that, and that's the reason we haven't seen that game. It has nothing to do with, like, they don't, like, people aren't willing to buy it, because trust me, there's a huge fan base that wants it. It's, um, it is in, like, uh, uh, like, ownership hell right now. There are, like, four different groups or five different groups that own rights to it. Equal rights. Oh, wow. And, like, all of them are being stingy. That's a clusterfuck. Yeah. But no, like one thing I'd like to see them move towards is with an all digital. Well, instead, of, not don't don't go all digital. By all means, don't go all digital. But I would like to see them because, 
let's be honest, cost of making video games has gone up. I'd like to see them increase the cost of physical copies for games that are being sold as digital as well to help incentivize that. Because that way you can still go ahead and get one, but you have to pay a little bit of extra. You have to kind of pay a premium to have the physical copy because there's more involved. There's more cost to making a, uh, a physical one. There's oh, yeah. more steps. There's more people they have to pay. So, like, they have to pay, you know, the developers, they have all that. It's like, okay, perfect. They, they've, they've done all that. That's their, you know, their overhead for that. But then they actually have to go and they have to get a publisher to print it. Okay, then there's that. Now there's also going out and getting... GameStop or Target or Walmart, whatever, to sell it. So they have to sell it at less than $60 so that they can sell it in the store at 60 Whereas if you buy it from, you know, Steam or wherever, yeah, Steam takes a, what, 20% cut, is it? I think like 20 it, or 30%. Yeah, something along those lines. So it's, it's between 20 to 30% cut from Steam. Yeah, they take that kind of a cut, but at the same time, they also have more money going directly to the developer because there's less of a cost because there's no publishing cost. We yeah we Steam. we've talked about ad nauseum about the difference between Steam and Epic Game Store when it comes to how much the developer gets back or the publisher gets yeah. back. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, the amount that a digital copy gets back to the developer versus it's quite a bit more. Yeah. Quite like bit. it's it's insane how much more gets back with a digital purchase. It's one of the reasons why a lot of the games I purchase I do try and go digital. Um, there are some games I'm I'm not going. Like I bought a physical copy of Fire Fire Emblem Three House. I'm, I'm not gonna go physical or digital on something that I may want to take over with all my data to a different console and just throw it in. So say I'm traveling and I don't have my Switch, but I got my games, which does sometimes happen. I can throw it in a friend's, and I can still have all my content. It's fine. Who cares? Um, but yeah, so like, it's it's one of those things where you just don't... You really should try and buy digital if you have the internet to support it, and if you have, you know, everything set up for that. If you don't, by all means, buy physical, bless your heart. I'm not going to tell you not to. But you really should think about trying to go move towards a more digital one, unless it's like, I need to have that collector's edition, because it has all this sweet stuff in it. Yeah, you know, like I, have, I have a few friends. I have a few friends who have who cherish their physical collection, and they want to I, add to it all the time. Oh, I I literally have um, after so it was Wrath of the Lich King. I started buying all of uh, Blizzard's collector's editions. I have literally all of them from Wrath of the Lich King moving forward. I didn't even really play the new expansion that much, and I and I didn't play the one before that a whole hell of a lot, and I still bought it because I like to have all of those co uh, collectibles like that. Yeah, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. And disposable income's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll end it on this note because I feel like the right to wrap it back around for GameStop. Like I feel like the writing has definitely been on the wall for quite some time since the old digital yep. uh, future has been introduced in the game industry. I think that we've kind of seen it. Uh, we we've seen seen this coming for a while, and that. GameStop is eventually going to be no more, or it's going to be some sort of weird thing in in the ether um, at some point. Um, it's just the and way honestly, if you don't think so, you're fucking out of your mind. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. No, we're we're going to look at we're going to look at GameStops like we do EB Games. Yeah, yeah. EB Games still does exist in Australia. Sorry, I meant Funko Land. <laughs> <laughs> Man. He, he met Toys R Us. He met. 
Well, Toys R Us might be coming. <laughs> Toys R Us may come back, but it's not coming back like it was. It's not the same oh, thing. Oh, I know. I agree. Like, I it's agree. nowhere near what it is. It was literally bought by a Chinese company, I think. It's it's not going to be the same. <laughs> well, yes, but my my point is uh, it's going to be a relic. That was it. Yeah, essentially. All right, so we move on in the podcast and uh, so we're going to go into our next thing and uh, usually we'll have Greg here talk about the Overwatch Minute, but he's going to talk about the games he's been playing, um, both of which are reviews for, so I don't have the only segment for this per se, but uh, I'll I'll just start going. Uh, yeah. So you may, so you guys may have noticed I wasn't here for last podcast for the last podcast, and I wouldn't have been here for this podcast, but we're recording on a different night. Um, I uh, I wanted to play Gears Five, and then subsequently Borderlands Three. Um, so uh, I'll start with Gears Five. It'll be my review, and I'll try to be as spoiler free as possible um, for anybody who hasn't played it or hasn't beaten it at this point. But uh, this game got huge reviews. Like, people fucking loved it. And I am in the goddamn minority on this one. Oh. Um, I'm I'm a huge Gears fan. I really, really fucking am. I've been playing it since the first game. I bought it day one. Um, And then when Gears 2 came out, I bought the special edition. I think I actually bought the special edition of Gears 1 because I have the 10. Um, And... uh, uh, and then with Gears 3, I bought the special edition because I had the fucking Marcus Phoenix statue up there. Uh, I, this isn't to say that, like, that's why, like, that's proof I'm a Gears fan. I've just, I'm a Gears fan. I've been playing it for a very long time. Very long time. I still, to this day, say that the best multiplayer they ever had was in Gears Judgment. Uh, Gears of War Judgment, where it was uh, half the team was uh, Locust and the other half was Cog Soldiers. Yep. Good times. Fucking Good times. love that. Mo- it was so much fun. Um, so going into Gears 5, I was really excited because I actually liked the story to Gears 4. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was... Oh, hell yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah, like, like a lot of people kind of gave it shit because they were like, oh, they're trying to take more of a serious tone. And I'm like, did you guys play 3 at all? <laughs> um, but... Uh, uh, I was really, really disappointed with five, really disappointed with five. Um, so there are four acts in the game, whereas that's different because usually it's five. Um, Which is weird because five doesn't have five. What? Right, right. <laughs> uh, there'd be somebody in the comments where like, well, technically it's the sixth game, so. Yeah, well, technically, fuck you. Right. Um, so the way the way this game plays out is that the first act you play as JD and Dell from the from the fourth game. JD being Marcus Phoenix's son and Dell being JD's like best friend. Sorry, Dell being JD's best friend. I think I said that right or wrong. It doesn't matter. I said it right the second time. We'll fix it in post. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, and the first act is a hundred percent Gears of War. It is we think we're okay, we're not, now we have to fight through the city, yada, yada, yada. It's great. It has a climactic end to the first act, which is really cool. And then it cuts. And then it goes into act two. 
and it slows way the fuck down. Now, I know that Gears games in the past have had slow moments. You know, you think about, like, back to Gears 2 when everyone's walking through the underground area and you come across that giant emulsion waterfall walking towards a temple. You don't find anyone for a hot goddamn minute because you get to take in that giant scenery. Or in Gears 3, about halfway through the game, when you're walking towards a, a, um, a group of people that were in a city that was hit by the fucking giant space laser, the Hammer of Dawn, and, and you're not fighting anybody for a solid fucking 10 minutes. There are moments in Gears where things slow down. And that was fine in this. And you're walking through the city, and I just kept thinking, like, well, that's a barrier I'm going to have to go up against, so I'm going to go back through the city and fight. It was a little too transparent, but I was like, okay, whatever, that's fine. And then you fight through the city. And uh, and if you play it through four, you know that Kate has the... Uh, she can she has, like, a, a locust DNA in her. Um, well, it's revealed that she can, uh, in a sense, commune with the locust. So player one, as, as, as Kate, gets taken by a snatcher. And she can then start controlling the locust horde. Or, sorry, the swarm horde. And she, like, literally she is a, she is shooting other swarm at, like, but inside the mind of one of them, whatever. And, uh, what's, what's Dell doing? Fucking Nothing. He's just whoever's playing Dell is just playing the game as as normal. I had absolutely no fucking clue this was happening to my friend. Now keep in mind, I played this entire game as Dell. And I learned something that really, really, really irritated me about playing this game with a in in and second player. Or or if you're third player and you're playing as a goddamn robot, you're playing as Jack you don't get the experience that the first player person gets, period. Dumb. There's a moment in the game, I won't say when, but you walk through a door and uh, it was one of those co-op doors that both players have to kind of pull open. And after you go inside, there's a moment where Kate kind of walks off camera and Dell starts talking and he turns around and he's like, or oh, I'm talking to myself. And what I saw was Dell walk over to, to Kate kind of just standing plainly in a room looking uh, looking at a wall just like blank faced and then he touches her on the shoulder and she's just like what the hell she turns around and he's like you alright and she's like it's nothing don't worry about it let's finish the mission and I was like oh that's kind of interesting and I kind of chuckled about him saying uh, um, I guess I'm talking to myself and I mentioned that to the guy I was playing with and he was like, oh, I, I was watching like this whole cutscene inside her head where it was all red and like somebody was speaking to her. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why do you get to see that and not me? That's bullshit. That's fucking story element. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, are they dependent on the idea that the first person player is telling the first or the second and third players what's happening? Like what? What compelled them to do this type of right? It doesn't make any fucking sense. And what's even worse is that there's a big moment in the game, a huge cutscene, that's clearly a fucking cutscene, where it goes inside Kate's head, and I get to fucking see that. Ugh, that bothered the hell out of me. It sounds like they were trying to innovate something in the game. And then failed miserably. <laughs> And it comes off as confusing. It kind of reminds me of 
the co-op, um, uh, the co-op in Dead, uh, Dead Space 3, where one player was um, Isaac, and you don't get the visions or anything he gets in the game, but then the other player, I forgot his name, I think it was Jacob, but like for Jacob, like he would hear, um, he would hear just like voices in his head, or like he would see stuff that the other player wouldn't see, and then, you know, he'll, you guys will talk to one another, it's like, did you see that? It's like, no, I didn't see anything at all. If you're doing a, if you're doing a story-heavy driven game, which Gears of War 5 is, there, there doesn't seem to be a logical reason to do that because I had an entirely different experience than my friend and I don't have the time to go through the game again. I just don't. Um, so I had to rely on, on my friend telling me what was happening. Um, I, I disagree with you shouldn't be doing that if they actually implement it properly. If both sides are actually getting story, I, I could see how that would be fine. But it sounds to me like they didn't do that. They were just kind of like, well, somebody's got story and fuck everybody else. That's exactly what it feels like because Kate never says to Dell, like, I had a vision. Here's what I saw. Um, that never happens. I literally had to ask my friend, what did he see? That's, That's not weird. good. That's weird. Um, anyway, moving past that, the open world part, they did open world for Gears 5. Spoiler alert, what the fuck ever. They did open world. This is the weakest open world I have ever experienced. Is it beautiful? 100%. It is gorgeous. It is It is uh, uh, serene and, land, and like the landscape looks awesome. It is executed so poorly because, in my opinion, uh, this is obviously my opinion when I say it like that, when you only have a certain amount of main missions and then the side quests are something that you can stumble upon and completely miss by accident are you what you could beat this game on easy in five hours blind if you didn't do any of the side quests literally you're on this skiff and again this world i don't get sometimes like what like hey let's have a really awkward controlling device that uses wind power when we have giant fucking vehicles that you could use. Uh, uh, literally in the last act, a guy had a goddamn motorcycle, but whatever, we'll be on a wind-powered skiff. Because um, no reasons. Other, no other options. Oh, and by the way, second player and, and third player, just so you know, you don't get to do anything. Does it look like Dell has a turret? No, he has a tagging device. Literally in the third act of the game, it were towards the end, and my friend goes, I think it's really funny that we've had this turd on this thing this entire time and you've never had to shoot it. And I was like, because it doesn't shoot. He was like, what? And I was like, it tags things. And I was like, yeah, it fucking tags things. Like, that's stupid. And I'm like, uh-huh. No. <laughs> so it, when you tag something, it just means that you can let the player know, hey, shoot this. No, it's to say, hey, let's head over there. Oh. oh, Jesus Christ, it's not even useful in that way. Holy shit. Yeah, so the wow. idea is that there are not, so not only are there side quests in the open world that you can go to, which take like maybe 10 minutes to complete, but also there are like points of interest. Like there's a fucking broken down barn or there's a spot where there might be a component for Jack. And that's all that's in the open world, by the way, is 
a few side missions, like seven total, and um, which take really like 10 minutes tops, 10, 15 minutes at best. Um, and then uh, all the collectibles and components for Jack. That's all that's in the open world. Everything else is barren. Is the side, are the side quests worth it or can she be ending the story? Yes, I, I will. I will attest that the side missions are worth it because you do get to upgrade Jack fully, and when he's fully upgraded, he's a badass. Especially if you have a third player play, playing as him. But my problem is, is that you could have done more with the open world. There could have been more to do, um, or just not have done it at all, and had like in each level there's a thing you can find to upgrade Jack, and it's like kind of off the beaten path. That would have been you, fine. You really didn't need an open world experience. You didn't. You absolutely it's didn't. It's fucking gears. It's not supposed to be open world. It's supposed to be, I'm going to go kill shit. So, yeah, that was a major issue. The story was mostly fine um, until the last act. And the last act had a, had thing, had a, something in there that my friend and I just went, what the fuck was the point of that? What in the fuck was the absolute point of that? It didn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. And hell, it fucking complicates the sixth game a lot. Huh. I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you because it is a massive spoiler. If you guys want me to tell you after done recording, I can tell you. It is a huge spoiler. But people are going, it's brilliant and it's fucking smart for storytelling. And I'm like, the fuck it is? I, I have analyzed storytelling in, in multiple facets in my life. I cannot, for the fucking life of me, figure out why they chose to do this. Because I hate people. <laughs> and I don't get why people are giving this game fucking nines. The open oh. world is boring. Okay, time out. Who's giving it nines? Because that'll answer that question. Um, A lot of reviewers on... on uh, okay, like... And, and not just okay. reviewers, but, like, user reviews, too. Like, people users are dumb. What's that? Users are dumb. Fuck them. No, I, I, can, just... I, can, I can list you a, a number of outlets here in a second. Yeah, but, but, like, user reviews always take those with a grain of salt and probably knock it down by two if it's above a five. Um, simply based on the fact that anybody that is giving it, like, a huge fucking score is probably already a fanboy of that particular uh, game already like that's just fanboy of gears, for fuck's sake. it's kind of a point like you don't have an unbiased view uh, at 100 percent. most people will not look past it the fact is that you do reviews all the time most users do not so i'll link it yeah I'll, but like, i don't know man you, you're you're kind of a special case because you're a little bit of a a little bit of b but most most user reviews are going to be just from the i'm a huge fan of them i love what they do and it's either going to be fucking amazing or it's going to be complete garbage because it's not exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I got the list here. I just put it in the uh, group chat. Um, just going down the list of like the nines that are for Gears uh, 5. Uh, Xbox Achievements, uh, Gaming Trend, Game Beat, Shack News, Twin Infinite, Screen Rant, Critical Hit, uh, IGN, uh, Power Up, Game Informer, Hardcore Gamer, EGM. Games Radar Plus, Game Revolution, Daily Star. There's there's a lot of um, GameSpot. There's a lot of uh, the lowest score I've seen is PC Gamer, and that gives it a six out of ten. 
Honestly, PC Gamer is probably the only one that you've listed there that I'd actually listen to. And and here's the thing, I'm I'm shitting on this game a lot, and and I, I here's here's the positives. Let me give you the positives. It's horde mode, and escape mode, um, and and multiplayer. Even though I'm not a big fan of the multiplayer, but it does work really well. Are great. The controls are fucking top notch. They arguably have not been better than this. I mean, they are they don't feel clunky in the fucking slightest. Um, I feel like everything that I'm doing is 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 me. Um. I, I have no complaints in that department. Uh, uh, again, the game is fucking gorgeous. I mean, it really is just beautiful. But, you know, much like a, a hot girl who who's an airhead, you can only take beauty so far. Um, I don't know if that was sexist, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's, it's mainly the story that bothers me. It's mainly the story and the open world aspect that really bothered me. Like, my friend and I were really bored playing the game originally, and then we started doing side missions, and we're like, oh, the game's slightly more fun. I don't understand why they would put, drop in an open world for it. It doesn't make any sense to me. There's no reason or need for that, and I don't think anybody was asking for it. Like, kind of, isn't the kind of the point of Gears, and it's, to be fair, it's been a while since I've actually played through a Gears game, so correct me if I'm wrong. But isn't the point of Gears kind of like the world's gone to shit, and we're just trying to fix it? Yes. Yeah. It's so why the fuck do we need an open world for that? I don't know. Well, that's the other thing about Gears of War is I feel like when you talk about something like, let's say, Fast and the Furious, what the fuck is Fast and the Furious? Hot people driving hot cars. Done. Stop. Full stop. Yeah. Why would you mess with that into at all? Did you try something new? I'm okay with trying new shit. You wanted to tell a story in Gears where the main antagonist is only playable from the from the last game is only playable for the first chapter or for the first act of the game, and then it takes a tonal shift. I'm cool with that. Kate's story and, and what she has to go through is legitimately fascinating, but to tell it in such a way that makes the game boring fucking blows my mind so i have to ask this um because i've not played the game yet and i have downloaded um for for i don't know not not to be the type person for fans of the genre or fans of the game would you know would they still enjoy the game as is or would they run into the same problems as you as you greg uh, it depends, man. Like, it depends on how much they give a shit about the about the story and the franchise. It depends on how, like, what... I don't... Because that's the thing, is I don't want to be that guy that's like, I don't want Gears to be like this. That's not what I'm trying to do. I, I don't want to be that guy. Because that guy is a fucking idiot. But when it comes down to will somebody enjoy it? Possibly. Likely. It seems like people are. Um... But when I play Gears of War and I go into a mission and I'm doing something in that mission, I expect to be playing a video game and not just running through it because I fight seven people total. Hmm. Okay. Um, hmm. It, it, it's interesting to hear you say this because, like, I've been listening. Like yeah, it's funny enough. The person that I um, listen to a lot um, yeah, through the various game podcasts I listen to. 
um, you align with Jeff Grossman, <laughs> like from from Giant Bomb. It's just like, oh wow, we, Anthony. We said in the past a long fucking time ago that if I worked for Gamespot when Kane and Lynch came out, I might likely have been fired. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, no, it, it's it's kind of crazy. You uh, hearing this, and it, it, you're echoing kind of the same thing as what he's been saying. Um, the open role was just kind of out of left field. I'm not sure why it was put in there. Um, you know, he said it was like the most disappointing Gears game he's played, and he loves Gears. So it's 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 kind of. I mean, I, you yeah, need to send me that because I need I want to hear what he has to say. Oh, absolutely. If, it, if it's if it's identical to what I'm saying, that I feel a little bit more justified. <laughs> <laughs> A game journalist or, or game yeah. reviewers uh, aligned with me. Um, yeah, my friend and I, my friend and I, we were just sitting there just going like, "This is easily the most disappointing Gears game we've ever played." Wow, wow, that's and we've been playing again, and that's the thing. That's tradition wow. with him and I. Uh, we've played every single Gears game together. We beat, we've started it and beaten it together. Mm-hmm. And there would literally like, he, you know, he has three kids now. I have, you know, a full time job with both doing school and DoorDash, so. We don't have a ton of time like we did in the past. So we were finding time. We were making time. We were making small sacrifices to make sure that him and I could beat the game together. There were ample times where I could have beaten the game without him and vice versa, but we intentionally found time to play it together. And yeah, we at the end, of, we were just both like, this is this is the worst experience we've ever had with Gears. Wow. That's crazy. I'm now very curious to see how my playthrough that game is going to feel like now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you're playing through it single player, it's one thing. If you're playing through it with two or three people, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, single player, you might have a better experience. I mean, again, like I tell people, like I played, I played the first act as as Jack, and then I played the rest of the game as Dell. Mm-hmm. I went back and played. Uh, no, that's not true. I played the first chapter as Jack, and then I played the rest of the game as Dell because, like, the day, the night it came out. We had another buddy on, and he was playing as Dell. Um, but we only played for, like, two hours total. And we were also, like, taking a lot of breaks for stupid-ass reason. Um, so I'd say about a solid fucking 95% of the game I played as Dell. Mm. But regardless, I didn't play as Kate at all. At fucking all. Kate or JD. So... I will say this, one of my absolute favorite parts of the game, favorite things of the game, Rao Cooley plays a guy named Foz. Foz is hilarious. Um, he's this like kind of know-it-all asshole um, who shows up and he has like this history with the cog and and uh, just kind of being a general in general douchebag. And there was a situation that happened that they allude to in the first game, um, but there was a... Uh, uh, a protest of sorts against the cog. And uh, there was a shot fired into the crowd, which caused more firing to be shot into the crowd. And um, when uh, Dell is confronting Foz about it, Foz goes, yeah, well, every, every herd needs a culling. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> so uh, oh yeah, I fucking love Foz. There's, there's a great line at the end with uh, him and him and Marcus where Foz throws out his opinion and and Marcus goes it's Foz right yes sir it is well shut the fuck up Foz (laughs) (laughs) he just goes yes sir that's great yeah we were were fucking like me and my buddy were dying we were like that's great but uh, but yeah I I mean yeah it's it's fascinating to me because I keep seeing people just like 
praised the hell out of the game, and I'm like, I disagree wholeheartedly. Oh, wow. All right. All right. But yeah, uh, Borderlands 3. I know we've been going way too long on Gears. Um, so I'll just give a quick like opinion on Borderlands 3. I've been playing about 16 hours of it so far. If you're a fan of Borderlands, you enjoy the franchise, you enjoy what it's given you in terms of comedy, in terms of the loot system and how the guns play, you're going to love this game. I feel like this is the best it's ever been in terms of controls. I have arguably no complaint about that department. Uh, the gunplay feels fucking perfect. Um, the, uh, the the comedy is, is as much Borderlands as it ever has been, where there's like moments of genuine laughter where you're like, ha! <laughs> and there's marks where you're just like, <laughs> so which is which is wholeheartedly borderlands like there's there's jokes you're just like okay <laughs> all right whatever but that's what you get when you when you have a game that arguably has uh literally hundreds of hours of of content um where like the main fucking campaign if you do no side missions apparently takes you fucking 45 hours to complete so that's fun uh but yeah, like I like I, I just got a gun. I was telling these guys before we started, like I just got a gun that fires uh, seventy rounds of explosives. <laughs> um, I had a gun earlier that was a shotgun that when I threw it, it would bounce around the room and go ow 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 ow. <laughs> awesome. Um, there's a lot of like silly shit like that in this game. That's what I love about it. I mean, that's but that's what you go into you know Borderlands for. You go in that for that silly comedy. You go in for that uh the, the the loot system and the crazy guns like that's so borderlands yeah. is and, and i always i find it funny that i'm seeing a lot of, like there was a guy on twitter that i saw i was just I was fucking dumbfounded by this but he's like um gears of war 5 has a no no gore mode option i wish borderlands 3 had a no joke mode like, jesus christ okay there's no gore because they need to put that in there for you know people who buy games that they shouldn't be buying it for kids Fuck you! Borderlands Three is gonna have jokes. Go I fuck yourself. I, I I think the reason why there's no goal option in Gears Five is because of esports. Mm. Uh, no, no, no! I would argue that against Anthony so. before esports were such a big thing. There was no gore modes in, in Gears games. Yeah, it, it's literally because people buy these games for kids, and they shouldn't be buying these games for kids. So we have to put something in there. Oh. Or some people are just squeamish. I was gonna say I legit had a friend who was scream squeamish and couldn't stand the, yeah. the 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 viscera that came from chainsawing bad guys. Oh, okay. Whereas I'm like, I need more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I love the Saw franchise, just FYI. But yeah, I, I'm really really digging Borderlands Three. Again, I'm I like I was like, man, I'm on chapter nine. I wonder how many chapters are. And I looked it up. I was like, twenty seven. <laughs> God damn! I'm f fucking 15 hours into this game, <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna take me a while, I guess. <laughs> sounds yep, yep, sounds yep. like it. But I'm having fun, and, and again, it, it, it like every gun I pick up, I don't know what I'm getting. Um, You're getting a gun that shoots guns. <laughs> oh, that's a fucking. No, that, no, that's a real thing. That's a real yeah. thing. No, I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm not laughing. Well, I am laughing at it, but that, the fact that it exists, and yes, it is funny. <laughs> so, so well, yeah, apparently, it's actually a really, really bad gun, too. Like, it's just really? terrible. <laughs> well, um, because, like, it shoots random guns out, and there's... I've lost track of how many guns that their system can put together in any random assortment. 
I've literally, it's literally in like the billions, I think, or something like that. Yeah, because the, the way that they do it, because I looked into this back when Borderlands 1 came out, the way that they do mm-hmm. it is they have um, certain setups for each type of gun and whatnot, and then it just randomizes. Yeah, well, they've gone even further into it than that now, apparently. Cause oh, yeah. Because apparently now it actually has, it, it, it's like triple of the amount Borderlands 2 had or some shit. Like, it's, yep. it's insane. It's dumb how many guns you can find. Yeah, yeah. Point like is, you're almost never gonna find the same gun twice unless it is a legendary. Yeah. So the point is that the gun that shoots other guns, apparently it picks from that entire pool. So the only guns that are any good that it could shoot are legendary guns, which are extremely small drop rate, and there's no way to adjust the drop rate for what you're shooting out of the gun, whereas you can adjust it for what drops in the world for you. It also uses yeah. up your iridium. It uses yeah, iridium. Ah, uh, sure. okay. I it iridium. So gotcha. like, it's a okay. really, really terrible gun all around. It's funny, but it's god awful. I was gonna say, yeah, it's more of a gag than fucking anything. Yeah. Um, and it is a good. You know, I will say this: if you have a metric fuck ton of iridium, which usually happens towards end game content, um, and you have a friend trying to start off, like, and he's like, Just I'm really, guns. really Just poor. Guns. Yeah. <laughs> That's... You totally help your friend out make money. But other than that, like, it's just, I mean, it's definitely a joke, and I love it for that. There was, a, I accidentally today found a One Punch Man, one punch man joke. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. Seriously? Yeah, so, so I was I was traveling, like, there's a whole part of the city where there's, a, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I was in the sewer system. Not the sewer system, I'm sorry, like an old um, subway system. And uh, I found like this, like the, a room full of bad guys. I, I killed them all. And then I was like, what the fuck is this over here? And it looked like a door with like five TVs on the side that were all off. So I went, so I turned around and there was a small room with like five different switches. And I started messing with them and I hit one and all five TVs turned on. And this dude walks out, a normal looking bandit with an arm that's like bigger than him. No ah. joke. It's a massive arm. And he runs up and goes, boom, and kills me. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is One Punch. And I thought that was oh, fucking hilarious. Wow. So I, I, yeah. I, I was like, I was playing with my friends. And, and I was like, holy shit. I just summoned a guy that's basically One Punch Man. That's and they great. were like, really? So they came over to where I was. They resummoned him. I then spawned in and ran over there. And we killed him. And he drops a shotgun called a shotgun called the One Pump Chunk. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and I, like I was, I was so happy that I found that Easter egg without like knowing that it existed in the game. That's great. Yeah, those are always the best ones where you're just like you happen to stumble across it. Well, the, the best thing about playing with friends in this game, also, I should mention this: that they've integrated a loot system where you aren't sh- like sharing loot. Yeah, you don't it's have instance play. loot. Um, it's uh, God, what game does it? Diablo three. Oh. It's like Diablo three uh, loot, where it's each loot is individualized to the person. I would argue, I would argue that Destiny, as well. But okay, um, but Diablo three did it before Destiny. I guess I'm not saying it. That, that's that's why I'm bringing it. I go OG, OG son, OG. Um, you can play a classic version where everyone's fucking competing for loot, but uh, what this mode also does is it allows my fucking level 24 character to play with my friend who has level 15. Um, and he's fighting, you know, characters at his level and I'm fighting characters at my level. So we're both getting loot that fits our level, 
we're both getting enemies that are a, a, a decent challenge to us. We're having fun without feeling like one is is a fucking superhero. I love that. I absolutely love that. And you can play again originally where you have a friend who's basically a fucking superhero. So I'm just I'm happy with Borderlands 3. It's a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait to fucking finish it and get to end game content because apparently the Guardian level, the Guardian rank, which is basically the uh, badass rank from the other games, mm -hmm. um, you don't get any of that until you beat the game. Oh wow! Correct. Wow. Yeah, so. you can beat the game in two days if you just like fucking blast through it and like just go straight through. Which that's what I'm trying to do, and yeah. uh, it I takes can... about forty-eight hours, I think, to go if you just blast straight through. Wow, yeah. crazy! That's what I've been roughly, saying. roughly. Dope. That's fucking fantastic. Like I love that. Like I love that this game has a metric shit ton of content. Awesome. Yeah. Any fucking anthem. <laughs> I'm gonna get me started, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, we should move on. All uh, right. Here's what I sucked, in my opinion. Borderlands 3 is awesome so far. That's it. That's done. Just That's wish they sold it on Steam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is Greg's reviews on both Gears 5 and Borderlands 3. But before we end the podcast, we have one person to see, one person to talk to. And that man is Alex, and he's going to give us a Why You're Wrong this week. And uh, here it is. So this Why You're Wrong, it was originally going to be done last week. Greg didn't show up last week because he was too busy playing Gears 5, which apparently sucked balls. <laughs> so we're doing it this week. <laughs> this is all about esports. and not, not your normal pro esports. This is esports at a college level. This is the fact that we actually have colleges going out and issuing full ride scholarships to esport players. And a lot of you think this is probably a great idea. And I'm here to tell you, you're a fucking idiot and you're wrong. And here's why. In theory, this sounds great. It is the general public and, the, and institutions of learning recognizing that video games are more than just a pastime or a hobby. This is something that you can actually go into and make money on. It's a business. It's also a professional sport in the lieu of, you know, League of Legends, Counter-Strike, and all those other games that actually have their own esports uh, series. The reason why it's bad at a college level, specifically at a college level, is the fact that these these colleges are shelling out lots of money for these scholarships with zero real return right now. There's absolutely no actual return on their investment, which is going to end up sinking esports at a college level right now. It needs to wait until there's actually a entire system designed around it. We, act, we have a couple of things like uh, it was ESPN partnered with Blizzard to try and do this whole college uh, esports thing for all the Blizzard games under one roof, but I have yet to hear about any prize money. There's no prize money going to these schools. There's nothing going to these schools. They're not making money off of them in any way, shape, or form. You might say, well, you know what? If you go to like, uh, you know, college level football, baseball, all that, there's no prize money for those tournaments. That's true, except they make money on the ticket sales. That's, and they make money on the merchandising. There's a huge amount of money to be made at a college level for uh, for sports. There's absolutely no actual income being made on the esports level at a college level. And 
it's honestly going to hurt everything in the long term unless somebody can step up of an actually presenting a way for these com- for these b- companies. Let's be honest, colleges are companies now. Anybody that disagrees, you go fuck yourself. Totally different rant for another time. But there's not, nothing to allow these guys to actually make money off of these players, and they're going to very quickly realize that, and they're going to sink the entire product. So, in short, college esports scholarships, great in theory, terrible in practice. You don't agree, you're fucking wrong. Let me ask you this. <clears throat> Do you think there's a time where it could become practical? Yes, and but you... until somebody actually steps up and puts in, like, an actual tournament circuit where there's actually money coming in in some way, shape, or form, either through ticket sales, streaming rights, play rights on uh, on like ESPN or like actual tournament cash prize. It's a terrible idea. Well, okay. So in 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 the uh, uh, NCAA, is it NCAA? Mm-hmm. Whatever college sports. Yes. The they they um, these colleges make money off of. Uh, Sorry, these colleges make money off of people buying like you would with the NFL or the NBA or whatever. Merchandising, um, yeah. Merchandising, yes, thank you. I was trying to think of the word. I was like, my brain. <laughs> um, wouldn't you argue that you could do the same thing within uh, a college version of that? Uh, in theory, yes, but in practice, no. There's not a big enough following for esports in general. While it is growing and we are seeing an explosive growth in it, consider the size of the fan base for most sports teams. Like for like a trip, like say, Big Red, uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, their football team. The fucking city runs on football. Like that's it. They they all live, breathe fucking college football. Uh, Texas Longhorns. The entire fucking state of Texas goes in hard on the Longhorns. This is the type of following you need for there to be good, uh, a good chance at actually making a pro- uh, profit of some kind and keeping those uh, sports alive with scholarships attached. We're not seeing that in esports in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you'll hear about like the esports players who make a million dollars a year, but you have to remember those are esports players making that much money not on their contracts, but on all the extra shit on top of their contracts. So there's no company out there that's making just a million dollars a year because they've got a team in esports. There's companies out there that are making a million or more dollars a year because they won the big ass tournament at the end of the year. And all of their sponsorship deals. Yeah, we're we're a little too early to to go that to to look at esports as more than just seeing people who are making millions of dollars or who have won tournaments that have won that amount. So it's I think in the future, if it grows more and more as we've kind of been seeing for the past couple of years, the growth of esports, like if it continues path, then yeah, I, I can see it in the yeah. future. Right now, it's not I'm not now. Yeah. I 100% um, agree. I could see it in the future 100%. And if it continue, if esports in general continues to grow at the rate it's been growing, maybe in the next three to ten, uh, th- three to five years, we could start to see that level of ability. I put it more probably closer to 10 years out. But we could probably see it in three to five years if it grows fast enough and people are actually willing to pony up uh, more money for like actual college level. We would have to get to fucking. Uh, uh... 
North Korean status for that. Exactly. North yeah, Korean, essentially. It's, uh, oh, South Korea. Yeah. South, South Korea, Korea, not yeah. North. I always do north that. Is a dick. I don't, <laughs> right, I don't right. know. I always, one is literally to the north and one is literally to the south. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always forget which one is the is the bad one. That's, oh, that's like, gotcha. <laughs> north is bad. It's the opposite of the American, Revo- uh, American Revolution. Well, my brain always goes, it's the one that's oh, wait, not. No. Civil War, not Revolution. Wow. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, my brain, my brain always goes like it's the one that's not landlocked or whatever, and then and then I might I just get confused. It, whatever. Neither um, one of them are landlocked. <laughs> what's that? Neither one are landlocked. Sorry, let me rephrase that. When I say landlocked, I'm talking about that North Korea is right in between two countries that are not communist. That's that's what I mean by landlocked. Like it's it's South Korea. What? China. North Korea has a border with China. China, yes. China is a communist state. Well, it's it's a modified f- version, but yeah, it is. Yeah, I was gonna say, I would say it's definitely more in the. Uh... It's leaning more towards capitalism, but it's still heavily communist in the fact that the government controls most of what goes on. Right, 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 right. Um, I just I always find that funny. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the thing I was saying is that I didn't. I didn't think about it from the aspect of, cause when you mentioned this in the group chat, I was like, I was like, why wouldn't this be a good thing? Like ultimately this is getting more exposure towards uh, the, the whole idea of, of esports becoming a more feasible idea for people. And this is getting more uh, uh, of an idea to the fucking boomers that, um, that, that, this, e- that video games aren't a waste of time. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I, I agree with all those points. Was, was, I guess what I wasn't thinking was the, the fiscal aspect. Yeah, it, it's literally come... No college... Okay, any of those big colleges that are giving out scholarships for stuff like this, they're all for-profit. Not a single one of them is not a for-profit. Let's be right. honest here. Right. Well, like, Yale is not going to be a non-fucking-profit. They're there to make some fucking money. Yes, yes, yes. So... And I feel like the, there's one that's not, but... I'm probably thinking of a they, They'll call themselves nonprofit, but look at the fucking cost to actually go to school there. Fuck them. That, that's a fucking load of shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the point is, like, it, it's a great idea. It's a direction I do like them going, and I like that they are thinking about it. I just think it's premature. You're putting the fucking cart before the horse. You got to build the infrastructure before you jump in, and the infrastructure at that level doesn't exist yet. It all exists at a very high level of professional play, where you have people who are literally signed to contracts where this is their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're not wrong. Like I said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this isn't a bad idea unless you can change my mind. You certainly did a good job of that. So yeah. like it, it's a great, it's a great idea in, in theory. I just think in practice, it's, it's not there yet. We need to wait and we need to, and it will get there. I guarantee you it's going to get there. It's just going to take some time. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Not wrong, and it's going to take time part. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to say that's going to wrap up the podcast as I'm suddenly just transformed into a club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going to say, uh, before we end the podcast, uh, Greg, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on all socials at Chub Rock Eek. You can find me on Twitter at Chub Rock Eek, where I'll be doing some Jackbox streams uh, from time to time. Um, you can find me on um, a podcast I do with my buddy named Josh. 
Oh, he's not. He is Josh. He's not named Josh. Pod, I guess he's named Josh. Is it a podcast named Josh? No, the podcast is named <laughs> All Cued Up. Um, it sure sounded like the podcast might be named Josh. That's why I, I kind excited. of like, I was excited for a moment there. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Josh, where we talk about nothing that has to do with Josh. Exactly. Because um, fuck Josh. You know what you did. You know what you did. I don't know what he did. <laughs> he does, though, and that's all that matters. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, what Josh and I do on the podcast, we talk about two shows in their entirety from an internet streaming platform, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, what have you. We give our thoughts and impressions, and then we give a grade. Every other week, we do a show called Uninhibited, where we just shoot the shit. We just talk about whatever the fuck we want, and and we've actually come up with a game we do once a month where he he finds five headlines that are ridiculous, comes up with a fake one, and then presents two of them at me, and I have to figure out which one's the real headline. Um, so far, I suck ass at the game. Just FYI. I'm awful at it. <laughs> uh, but it's fun. So uh, check that out at allcuteuppodcast.com. Uh, we are, our current episode is up right now where we play that game. And I also talk about the fucking extremely stressful week I had. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. And Alex, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on, uh, the Twitch, which unfortunately has not been using a lot of use lately, but I'm going to be trying to get back into it at, as Bijou, B-I-G-I-E-U. And as always, if you disagree with me, if you think that I'm wrong and that they should definitely be offering, uh, esports scholarships now, please come to Twitter, ha hash it out with me. Don't, I want you to encourage you to comment in the comments on YouTube, but honestly, if you want to actually have the discussion with me, you need to come to Twitter. Um, please feel free to go ahead and tag both myself and the Mission Start Podcast uh, Twitter. All right. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at DefectiveNaruto to follow the work that we do at MissionStart.tv or all of our podcasts live, and uh, you can listen to the whole podcast in our podcast section of our website. Uh, you can also watch each, seg each segment uh, uploaded onto our YouTube channel Monday through Friday every week where we discuss whatever topics you might have just listened to on the podcast in video form. Um, and uh, you can follow me also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash clawmaster underscore, uh, which I've not been streaming as, as of late because I've been busy with life, but uh, I've been working some things behind the scenes. And once I will come back, it will come back with... Uh, I have a bang, but like just a lot of ambitious stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, with that being said, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you guys next time. Go fuck yourself.